because of the lockdown and because of COVID, a lot of the projects that I was working on were canceled. If you can find a way, which is what we're trying to do with our series, to find a way to work with it rather than work against it and find some new avenue and some new opportunity, who knows? I mean, this could be kind of our next big thing. It's already grown to be so much bigger than I imagined when we started. It's grown so successfully and we see so many opportunities for the content that we're creating that it's really exciting now to see kind of the whole marketing team is now jumping on board and saying, we've got this cool thing. Now we can like do things with it. So that's that's been really great. That's Grace Amadeo, host of the In Conversation podcast and program manager at Shift. On this episode, we sit down and talk with Grace about what it was like to create a podcast during the COVID-19 era. This is Lights, Camera, Grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Lights, Camera, Grow podcast. My name is Jared. I'm here with Andrew. And today we have on Grace Amadeo. Did I say that right? You did. Very Perfect. good. Perfect. Cool. How's it going, Grace? It's going great. Nice to talk to you guys. Just for everybody out there, a really quick recap. Grace is the program manager at Shift.io. Shift is actually a really cool platform that helps with presenting, organizing, and securing your media. And Grace, I'll actually let you go into a little bit more detail about that. Um, but also, if you could give us your backstory and kind of like how you got to today. Totally. Yeah. So you're right. Shift is a platform for organizing, securing um, and presenting your media. So it's a, a cloud-based platform where you can store your footage, share your cuts with your collaborative team, and then present your work when it's all done. So we mostly work with um, a post-production audience, a lot of media and advertising, um, as well as a lot of production folks. So, so that's kind of where Shift comes from. And I am the program manager at Shift. So I actually have a background in film. Um, I went to film school and kind of came through a, a production uh, career. Um, I was also an event planner for many years, so I have a lot of kind of producing uh, management background in my career. And I was actually hired at Shift to manage um, our film grant program. So we annually run a grant for independent filmmakers. So we provide production funding for narrative short films specifically. Um, and coming from my kind of production background, I was hired at Shift to manage that program for them. And in the three plus years that I've been there. I've grown into a lot of different roles at Shift, managing a lot of our events, managing a lot of our content production. Um, but yeah, that's me. Uh, you forgot one important thing, including your new brand new shiny podcast, which is what brings us here together today. That's true. So Jared was a guest on our podcast at Shift. We just launched a new um, video podcast series called Shift in Conversation. And I'll I'll go into to all of that. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that a lot today. But that is how Jared and I met. So Jared was a guest on our podcast. And now I'm happy to be a guest on yours. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking out the time and um, kind of hanging out with us for, for a little bit here to talk about that. So I guess I'll go ahead and dive in. And this has been a question ever since we spoke on that podcast. I'm really curious to understand what was the conception and the reason why shift even went in that direction. So as an agency, you know, we're talking about this to our clients all the time. We're trying to more or less make them understand, you know, the importance of content like this and the experience that the audience gets out of uh, content like this versus like a traditional content play like blog series or just even regular email marketing. Um, so what was what was the reason behind shifts jumping into like the podcast sphere? And video series. I was going to say, so, so it's a little bit 
backwards in that when we envisioned shift in conversation, we envisioned it as a video series and not, it was not podcast first, it was video content first. And that's probably just a, a, a symptom of me coming from a video background at shift and on our marketing team. We've always toyed with the idea of launching a podcast. We do a lot of different types of marketing content. We do a lot of graphic design elements. We do a lot of video production. We've kind of dipped our toes. We have a great e-magazine online called The Cutaway. Um, And in the back of our minds, we always thought we should do a podcast. We should do a podcast. Like that's the one area that we've never been in. But even having thought that, um, in conversation was kind of a a COVID-era idea for us. So me running a lot of our events, running a lot of our film productions, a lot of our grant programs, when COVID hit, a lot of that got shut down. And we were left in the position of thinking we need to be producing something during this time that reaches our audience, that speaks to these questions and conversations that everybody's having. And the idea kind of came up, let's do a video series. We can produce it Virtually, we can do it over Zoom. Um, it's something that we can be doing to continue to engage our audience while everyone's just kind of sitting at home, stuck, trying to figure out what to do next. So we launched what was a video series and then kind of fell backwards into the idea of like, oh, we have all this great audio content. Let's just <laughs> put it on a podcasting platform. Yeah. So this maybe I, I can't, it would be dishonest for me to say we intended to launch a podcast because the truth is really that we intended to launch um, a video series and, and kind of a few episodes of video content and then realize that out of that video content, we could successfully have a podcast content and we could turn that content into written content as well. And we could turn some of that content into social content. So it kind of all happened um, kind of by accident where we we said, let's do some videos. And then like all, all this other stuff kind of presented itself. As we speak to more clients, th- those lines always kind of blur between, is it a video series? Could it be a podcast? And obviously there's ways you can create content for both out of the same piece of content. Um, but I think, I, yeah, I think you hit it on the head there by saying in this particular error, you saw an opportunity to engage with your audience in a new way. Um, but then, you know, obviously it birthed uh, a couple, a couple yeah, of different. Yeah, it was, it was really about the reason it's called In Conversation. And that's kind of the, the direction we've taken with this series is because what I found personally was I was having these conversations with colleagues, with friends, with um, partners and collaborators in the industry who maybe work in different parts of the industry. Every email was like, oh my God, can you believe what's happening? What are we going to do? What comes next? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? What kind of marketing are you doing right now? What's working? What's not working? And we were talking about it anyway. And that's kind of where the idea sparked in my head of, we're already talking about it. Obviously, everyone else is also talking about it. Let's do this publicly. Let's actually, you know, present something where I can learn something from other marketers. I can learn something from other producers. Um, and, and since the kind of, you know, we launched kind of in COVID era, um, since then we've kind of branched out into a lot of different topics. Um, that's kind of how it started. And those were the conversations we've had, but now we're talking about production and documentary and diversity and inclusion and, 
all different types of marketing. So it's really kind of taken on a life of its own since its inception. Hey, Grace, I got a question. So um, how large is Shift as a company? How many employees are at the company? So we have 50 to okay. 60. I don't know the exact number, but yeah. um, we're split in two different offices on each coast of the United States. We've got an office here in LA uh, and then an office in Boston, which includes engineers, coders, sales team, customer success, and then our marketing department, which, uh, which I'm a part of. Got it. Um, and the reason I ask that is, um, as we talk to our clients, some of them want to start a podcast, but are having trouble like selling the idea to their management team to get a budget for it, right? It's a pretty new format in terms of content. And although it's kind of, it's been out there for a while, but it's new in the business world as a like branded podcast, right? And um, I'm just curious, like, how did you kind of, you know, you said you launched this during COVID, so it was kind of a spur of the moment sort of thing. So I'm guessing it was one of those marketing things that maybe not budgeted for, and you've got to pull budget from another line item. So how did you like work this through like the team to get approval for it and And with the idea that it's probably a relatively new format for for a piece of content. Absolutely. So there's a couple answers to that question. One being that because of my production background, um, we didn't have to hire anyone new. We didn't have to allocate a whole new team to produce video content. I kind of came to the table already saying, hey, I've never done it over Zoom, obviously, but... I know how to shoot video and I know how to edit and I can, I can make something out of this. So we were kind of lucky in that regards in that maybe if you don't have someone on your team who can manage it, you may be thinking about having to hire someone or having to yep. get a production company involved, which I know can be cost prohibitive. So for us, it was, I kind of came to the table saying, I know how to do this. I've never done it before, but I think I can figure it out. And the second piece of it was that, um, because of the lockdown and because of COVID, a lot of the projects that I was working on were canceled. Uh, All of the productions we were working on were canceled. All of the big events we were planning for the spring and the summer were canceled. And it was was a bit of just kind of a a stars aligning where I now had the time and the skill set to produce it internally. And I could come to my team and say, all these things I was working on were canceled. I have this new idea. It's something I can do with my time. It's something I can do at home while we're in lockdown. There's a little bit of budget allocated to um, some of the hosting services and some of the marketing, but it's pretty negligible. And it was something that, again, we kind of fell into because I was able to just say, this is something I think I can do pretty easily with with all this time I now have. And it, it, yep. it just became this new project that that fell on me. And then suddenly you didn't have any more time anymore, right? (laughs) It's like this sudden, who would have thought at the beginning of the year, if you were like, hey, you're going to spend 75% of your time hosting a podcast. Yeah, trying to book guests and finding, yeah. You were crazy. So I know know that's not necessarily um, advice, uh, but it, it is kind of how we fell into it, where we found ourselves in a situation with a lot of, of time, a lot of projects we thought were going to happen were not happening anymore. And we had someone on our team who had the ability to kind of put it all together. It's now growing to a place. We have, I think, 12 episodes published right now. I've got four more in the pipeline. So it's really growing. As I mentioned, we're expanding into a lot of different topics. Um, 
we're getting a lot more of the team involved now. So a lot of other members of the marketing team are now jumping in to help with booking guests and deciding on the direction and how nice. are we marketing this to our audience? Whereas before it was just kind of Grace's project and, yep. you know, we'll see what happens, but it, it's grown so successfully and, and we see so many opportunities for the content that we're creating that it's really exciting now to see kind of the whole marketing team is now jumping on board and saying, Oh, oh cool. cool. We've got this cool thing. Now we can like do things with it. So that's, that's been really great. And that that's actually a great story to tell, right? It's like you, there's a certain amount of resources that you need to get off the ground. Right. And if you're going to do an audio only podcast, you don't have the, you don't need the video production piece of it. You have to do a little bit of audio editing, obviously. So how did you like work this through like the team to get approval for it? And it, and with the idea that it's probably a relatively new format for, for a piece of content. Absolutely. So there's a couple answers to that question. One being that because of my production background. Um, We didn't have to hire anyone new. We didn't have to allocate a whole new team to produce video content. I kind of came to the table already saying, hey, I've never done it over Zoom, obviously, but I know how to shoot video and I know how to edit and I can can make something out of this. So we were kind of lucky in that regards in that maybe if you don't have someone on your team who can manage it, you may be thinking about having to hire someone or having to get a production company involved, which I know can be cost prohibitive. So for us, it was, I kind of came to the table saying, I know how to do this. I've never done it before, but I think I can figure it out. And the second piece of it was that um, because of the lockdown and because of COVID, a lot of the projects that I was working on were canceled. The big events we were planning for the spring and the summer were canceled. And it was, it was a bit of just kind of a a stars aligning where I now had the time to produce it internally. And I could come to my team and say, all these things I was working on were canceled. I have this new idea. It's something I can do with my time. It's something I can do at home while we're in lockdown. There's a little bit of budget allocated to um, some of the hosting services and some of the marketing, but it's pretty negligible. And it was something that, again, we kind of fell into because I was able to just say, this is something I think I can do pretty easily with, with all this time I now have. And it, it, yep. it just became this new project that, that fell on me. And then suddenly you didn't have any more time anymore, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> it's like this, sudden, who would have thought at the beginning of the year, if you were like, hey, you're going to spend... 75% of your time hosting a podcast. Yeah, trying to book guests and finding them. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> thought you were crazy. So I know I know that's not necessarily um, advice, uh, but it, it is kind of how we fell into it, where we found ourselves in a situation with a lot of, of time, a lot of projects we thought were going to happen were not happening anymore. And we had someone on our team who had the ability to kind of put it all together. It's now growing to a place. We have, I think, 12 episodes published right now. I've got four more in the pipeline. So it's really growing. As I mentioned, we're expanding into a lot of different topics. Um, We're getting a lot more of the team involved now. So a lot of other members of the marketing team are now jumping in to help with booking guests and deciding on the direction and how are we marketing this to our audience. Whereas before it was just kind of Grace's project and you know, we'll see what happens, but it, it's grown so successfully and, and we see so many opportunities for the content that we're creating that it's really exciting now to see 
kind of the whole marketing team is now jumping on board and saying, oh, oh cool. cool, we've got this cool thing. Now we can like do things with it. So that's that's been really great. As you were moving and building this podcast, did you have any goals for it? Um, were you looking to accomplish anything and like for the things or were the things you could measure or were you looking for more qualitative sort of measures to say, hey, look, I think we're heading in the right direction. Let's keep producing more episodes. Yeah, that's a great question. And I mean, Jared, you may even remember when we talked on our podcast, which was now two and a half months ago, that's I crazy. think what I wow. said to you was, um, you know, I, I hope that maybe we'll make like eight episodes. Yeah. And I had this kind of really small scope because one, again, at the beginning, it was a, it was a little bit of a COVID era baby yep. where like we thought maybe it would just be about the changing production landscape around COVID. And I kind of thought it would be, you know, eight episodes, maybe 10 episodes, and it would be this little self-contained thing. And we would just kind of let it be what it is and, and send people to the page to watch some content. And we thought it would just kind of end, but I just kept getting more people involved and I would ask people to be involved. And I found really fascinating guests and we would talk about really fascinating things. And um, then the industry would change or news would come out or even around, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests that put us in a whole new direction. Now we're talking about equity and inclusion and diversity. And now we're talking about documentary filmmaking. And I found this really great guest that's going to talk about um, higher education marketing. And it just kind of uh, happened where again, now we have 12 plus four in the back end episodes with no intention of stopping what we're doing now is really taking stock of where we are. I, I would say honestly that at the beginning I was just kind of going to go. Um, anyone that said, Hey, I'd love to be involved and I've got a cool topic to talk about. I would say, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's just get that content out there. And now that we have a video page that has a solid amount of episodes and we have a lot of people raising their hands saying, Hey, I'd love to be involved. We can be a little more intentional about who is the audience for this? Why are we having certain people on the podcast to talk about what, um, to speak to what issue that's important to our customers and our, our content audience. So it in the beginning was a little bit of just a train kind of going wild. We were just talking to anybody and everybody about everything. It is a little interesting that now that we're kind of looking back at all the content, though I did not intend it as such, they fit really cleanly into a couple of buckets. So about one third of our episodes are about marketing and advertising. About one third of our episodes are about um, production, media, and entertainment. And about one third of our episodes are around social issues, diversity, and inclusion. So without really intending it, we can now kind of take a look backwards and say, oh, we actually have kind of these segments that we just so happen to have created. And now let's be really intentional about pushing the marketing and advertising content to our marketing and advertising audience, pushing the production content to our production and M&E audience, um, and then having, you know, those, those buckets. So that's relatively new for us. Whereas in the beginning, it was just kind of a a train off the tracks. And now we can actually be like, who is the audience? Why are we having this guest on? 
is the topic interesting to the people that we want to be interesting to? Yeah, it's, uh, thanks for sharing that. And the reason I asked that question is as we've had, we were, we're talking with other podcasters and hosts like yourself, you know, for this season of our podcast. And something that is a very common thread that we sort of see between everyone is you kind of just start out experimenting. Totally. Right? I was like, just about to say it's kind of like, uh, I think. I think this audience may like what we're doing, but there's no data to back it up. Let's do it, you know? And so I think trying to, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I think it's just start and do something, yeah. you know? And it's, 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 it's like that with pilot. every, it's like that with everything, right? Yeah, like you it. just gotta, yeah, pilot it, get it done. Know that it's probably not going to be as polished or refined. And, you know, looking at what we did when we first did it a couple of years ago to where we are now, like, oh, wow, <laughs> we've definitely come a long way. Right. But I think if you're thinking about starting a podcast, um, you got to start out with kind of like the scientist or experiment mindset, and just know you're going to make mistakes. You're going to quote unquote waste time. And I say quote unquote because you're never really wasting time if you're learning from it. Right. Um, but that's just thanks for backing me up with your story there. <laughs> Thank you for that makes me feel better that I'm not the only one that just kind of was like, let's see what what happens. And in the beginning, it was interesting. And I think we've reached the um, critical mass right now. Yep. So I was in kind of a catch 22 at the beginning where. I wanted to tell people, we have a podcast. Come on our podcast. It's going to be great. But I didn't have any episodes oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> to, to, to say, here's my podcast. So yep. in the very, very beginning, um, you know, we published three episodes to start. And then, you know, we would publish a fourth episode. And then a couple of weeks later, we published a fifth episode. But until until it is something that you can say, here's the thing I made, it's kind of hard to, um, you know, justify people coming on board and being yep. able to point to the thing and say, here it is. So those early days was a lot of just kind of faith for us to say, yep. this isn't a thing yet, but if we can just crank out content, even if we're not sure where it fits yet or, or who the audience is yet, I, I obviously was speaking to people that I knew had some overlap with the audience that we speak to marketers, advertisers, producers, people in film and television and entertainment. Like it wasn't random. I wasn't talking to, you know, a dentist. Um, I was talking to people in the industry, but, but we weren't quite sure where they fit. And now literally right now, as we're in our 10th, 11th, 12th episodes, we have enough content to be able to say, okay, here's what we're doing. Now yep. we see the path forward. And now I can point to it and say, here's the series we're creating. Now let's talk about how you can get involved in that series. You kind of touched on this idea of getting multiple pieces of content from a single video or audio podcast. And I'm kind of curious, um, like, is the marketing team or content team like your best friend now, now that you've got like some rich media for them that's being constantly produced, like that's timely and on a relevant topic? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, uh, uh, my, my marketing team has always been uh, uh, very supportive of all of my projects, but yep. um, the fact that from one person and kind of one project, we are cranking out newsletter content, social media yeah. content, graphics, um, blog content, podcast content, yep. video content. Like it's all, it's all coming from one place. Exactly. And yep. we don't always need that kind of content every day, but 
it's great to have every month we put out a newsletter and sometimes we've got an empty slot and we're like, huh, we should put something there. I've got 12 episodes of content. Who's the audience? We can find something that fits right there. And now that, again, it's a little more established and we have a lot of episodes coming out to really get them involved in the inception process, not just to say, what content do you have and what would work well, but to say, hey, have you ever thought about making an episode about this? Because I think this would be really great. It's becoming now a lot more um, intentional. Um, And I have gigabytes and gigabytes. What do you need? Do you want something written? Do you want something audio? Do you want something for Twitter? Do you want something video? Do you want a short video clip? What do you need? Because I have it all. So it's really a lot of bang for your buck to have one person. um, And I don't mean to say that I'm some kind of like superhuman, whatever. When you film an episode like this and do a transcript and make a couple graphics, like it's not a ton of work. To, to get all of those little pieces of content out of one video. Yeah, it's. I'm glad. And again, the reason I ask you this is because you kind of mentioned that you started with a video series and then realized that oh, I can strip the audio out and make it that a podcast. And uh, Jared, when we were kind of thinking about how do we build a service offering around podcasting, we basically said, hey, you know, like it's if you're only going to put an audio podcast up there, you're really only getting distribution or being found organically through like Apple podcasts or Spotify through their search algorithms. Right. But one thing that we had always kind of been keen on was like, you know, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. And if you are blogging, trying to get SEO'd on Google search, why aren't you putting video content on YouTube search? You're missing out on a ton of traffic and any search term that has that query sort of how to like, you're most likely going to go to YouTube first to learn that stuff in these days, right? So what we said was like, okay, like a video podcast is what we call like the pillar content. And then what we do is we strip the audio out, make that an audio podcast. And then Jared, when he's building his like kind of post-production process, while we're editing, we're finding micro clips. So like out of a 30 to 35 minute podcast episode, Jared can find 10 to 15 different hot takes that are like one to three minute long. We, he formats them into like Instagram stories format into like just the face regular Facebook newsfeed format. So we, we, we actually have like tiny bite sized pieces of micro content that the social teams can now use because they're always looking for video content and like just creating video content is a really big pain in the butt just for social, like that 30 second, like Instagram story ad, you know? Um, and this is a, a, an easier way. Obviously it's not as produced, right. As you would like a, like a regular, like piece of media that you were just focused on video on, but it gives the social team more fodder to put out on their social post. It gives the email marketing team some more fodder. In fact, we actually started working with clients where they're now using these videos for sales, right? And so they're using little clips to kind of like highlight a point about a very specific product or service offering. So kind of like you've just mentioned, like we can build a blog out of it, a newsletter. We've got all this content that we can use. You know, I, we see that very similarly. And I think in, in with the, in this day and age where like, video production and video hosting yeah. is just a lot easier to come by. Everything's a call cloud-based. Um, you now have the opportunity to put a lot of video content up relatively cheaply and to be 
indexed and found through search. So it's it's cool to hear that that's kind of your philosophy and your view on it as well. Is like building yeah, absolutely. Multiple pieces and of we've content. we've always been kind of a video first company. It makes sense because that's our that's our platform is mostly used for video production. Um, so even before we kind of did this video podcast series, anytime we had a piece of video content, whether it was a case study from a customer or um, an actual produced, you know, like commercial that we made or a demo video for one of our upcoming features or products, um, we would always find as many places as possible to put that video content. We would always, when we're hiring out a production team, if we're working with an external production team, we would always build into our contract 15 second cut downs for social, 30 second cut downs for social, 60 second cut downs for social, yep. 10 screen grabs, 10 quotes. Like we would build into our video package all of these little micro bits. Yep. So when this video podcast series came about, it was kind of already built into our heads like, okay, this video can't just be a video. It needs to also be 10 30 second social clips. It also needs to be some graphics. We also need to maybe take one of the, the best quotes and make a little thing for Instagram. Um, there's still so much more you can do, even just you talking about, you know, formatting stuff for Instagram stories and, and all of that. We haven't even gotten into that yet. We're still kind of on, on phase one of just doing some shortcut downs, some graphics, yep. but we, we were always kind of video first. So yep. it was pretty easy for us to build that into our video plan for our in conversation series yeah i think the hardest thing to do in video marketing is to consistently create video yeah right yeah which is the whole reason why yeah when we first started like when we were testing our very first podcast going back to the experimenting phase it was like we just started an agency we have a whole bunch of other stuff to do but we need content what's the fastest most scalable way we can get a piece of content. Oh, well, let's just record ourselves talking for an hour. And then, you know, we're set for two months. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, and I would totally, so I, I'm a, I've, I'm a, I've copy, I'm a writer, I've written blogs, I do copywriting. Yeah. I would so rather do this than write like a thousand word blog yeah. post and, you know, just slug it out, like doing that, you know, and it's just easier to do this, you know? Yeah, and I don't want to, and I want to, you know, I think that, um, I don't know about you guys. I know you guys have, um, you know, the, the post-production process and Jared, you were talking about this on our podcast that you really try to make that post-production, um, you know, as high level and as clean as possible to really make it, especially now when we're just doing these kind of zoom interviews to really make that finished product as polished as possible. Um, but when I edit our video content, like you don't need a ton of editing skills to do it. If anyone's kind of thinking about it and maybe they're scared of the whole editing process, like really simple video editing skills are when you're having just a conversation like this and maybe you're cutting or editing a little bit. Um, it's not that much and it's not that hard and watch a couple of YouTube videos and you, yeah, could exactly. probably, <laughs> yeah. you could probably do it. Um, I, it's really not as scary. I obviously came with the production background. I come from an editing background, so it was not even a thought for me, but if you don't come up from a production or editing background, uh, don't be too scared because it's really not it's really not that much, especially with with, um, you know, us all being remote and, and virtual. If you were actually on set, which I know you guys do when you can, you know, actually on set and actually having a whole crew and doing the whole video production, that obviously can be a, a higher skill set. Um, 
But if you're recording Zoom interviews like this and um, cutting some of the pieces together, it's uh, it's probably less scary. Yeah. Than it is. And in fact, COVID kind of was a nice opportunity for us because when we first started, when we first launched this service, we launched it to our clients first before we obviously started going out and selling it. Um, we sort of realized like, you know, instead of doing live action, you know, have the guest come to you and your studio, there's all kinds of pre-production that has to happen. Like now it's so much easier that we can do it over Zoom. Um, and, you know, I kind of think we're going to be doing this for, unfortunately, for for the foreseeable future, right? And I know that's tough considering that there's, you know, a lot of people whose industries depend on live action and that kind of stuff. But I think that, you know, people are doing webinars. Again, another great piece of pillar content, right? That lots of good knowledge in there. You've got an expert, and you can break that down into those, you know, 30, 60, whatever second cuts, right? Just that hit, record, be, hit record on your webinar and you've got a whole piece of content yep. that you can use again and again and again. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think I ever really truly realized like how much you can do with video until we did it with video. Because I think when people think of video, it's like, okay, we're going to spend a whole day shoot to film this 30 second commercial, you know, and that's how they think about yeah. video. But in a way, the way we think and do a video now is much more agile, Yep. right? Like we yeah. just quicker cycles, get things done quickly. And if we're not having to deal with a super polished end product and yeah, the, a virtual like this, it makes it easier. Yeah. You know? The visual barrier is definitely lowered a lot, obviously because of COVID, but even before that, because um, capturing video on your cell phone and using that, you know, was, was pretty relevant. It's just, yeah. Look at know. all the late night shows. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. Well, that, that's, that a, great, that's a great there, example for right some now. Of them yeah. are, in the very beginning, I think they were literally shooting off on their, their phone, iPhone, yeah. off their phone in the very, very beginning before they figured out how to get the crew or the equipment out there to, you know, film if, if it's good enough for Conan O'Brien, it's good enough. Yeah. For or Jimmy Fallon or whoever they can do it. Right. Yeah. yeah and so. I mean, the one thing that we always try to preach is if you have great audio, you can get away with mediocre video versus if it doesn't sound good, most likely people are going to turn it off. They're not going to want to listen to like something screaming in their ear. So yeah, at least if you can get the, that's true of all film, by the way, if you can get the audio right, then most people are going to like stay, stay tuned in. Yeah. And I guess the, this is one of the best times to start a piece of content. It is. Yes. Right. Like I think people are even just finding guests is even a little bit easier now. Right. A lot more free time. They're at home. They they want to talk to someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, It's been so, I mean, the, the, the lift process, if again, if, if, if COVID never happened and I was just sitting in my office, sitting in my desk, doing my regular job, I would have never, never launched a video podcast series to think about all of the production and the pre-production and the editing and the crew and the cameras and then getting the audio and mixing the microphones. And I I would have never dreamed of it. The world shutting down gave me the opportunity to just be like, well, we can do it online. It's a quick, I hit record and do a little bit of editing at the end. And I've got all this fantastic content. Film school finally played off, paid off. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. I know it's, it's, it's kind of ironic how, um, now just, just was the time it was, it was the lift to get it off the ground, um, is easier now than I think it ever was before. Yeah. It's, it's a slight tangent, but it's fascinating to see how, 
COVID and the circumstances that you get put under, like how you start to innovate and kind of rethink things. And I think, you know, through the, through everything that's going on right now, and obviously there's, it's a, it's a tough environment for a lot of people out there, but I also think there's a lot of opportunity, you know, and the, the world is changing and it's, uh, there's a lot of trends that were already kind of moving in this direction, a virtualized work environment, for example, right? That only got accelerated faster as a result of this. And, you know, if the world wasn't changing fast before, it's changing even faster now. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Even and, though it feels slower, but yeah. Yeah. I, to see like this almost shift in how marketers and content people have responded to this. Yep. And, you know, I think, these kind of conversations that we're literally having right now are going to be a big piece of the content landscape, you know, moving forward. Yeah. I mean, even I feel like we were having these conversations alone last year, like, yeah, sure. cause yeah, we were yeah. thinking in these directions yeah. and it, it didn't seem like there was a ton of other people or marketers thinking in the same yeah. realm. But now I think becoming and positioning your company with a more media faceted team and yeah. production pipeline and, way of thinking and your strategy is just more, um, you know, it's more of a necessity now than ever. Yeah. I think you have to, you can't, I mean, there is to resist to the kind of virtual revolution that we're being forced into right now. It's like, if you can find a way, which is what we're trying to do with our series to find a way to work with it rather than work against it and find some new Avenue and some new opportunity, um, who knows? I mean, this could be kind of our next big thing. It's already grown to be so much bigger than than I imagined when when we started. So um, it's tough. And I'm not saying, you know, even those first couple of weeks when everything was kind of getting canceled and we didn't know what we were going to do and who we couldn't go to events and we couldn't do our productions and we couldn't make the videos we wanted to make. And there was a moment of kind of panic. Um, but now to really settle into a little bit of the new normal and this is what it is and how can we use it and work with it and not just say, this is terrible. We don't know what we're going to do. We now know the parameters we're working in. What can we, what can we do with that? In regards to shift the product, right? How do you see like use cases for the product sort of shifting now with the environment we're heading like, with the environment that we're in? Um, you know, cause I imagine that, you know, there's a lot more people working remotely now. Um, you know, we're always, I'm, I'm less of the creative person and Jared is always impressing on me the need for proper storage and hosting <laughs> and be able to get feedback from our clients and things like that, you know? Um, so how has like, has COVID had any impact on use cases for the product and the customers that you try to reach? We're very, very lucky in the tech and media landscape in yep. that literally our product is about working remotely. Yep. <laughs> that is what we do. That is what we have been doing for the last 15 years is providing yep. a, a digital cloud-based platform for you to collaborate with your team. No matter where you are, you don't have to be sitting in the same office. You can share your footage. You can share your work. You can collaborate together. So we are incredibly fortunate that there is a need. There has always been a need. And like you said, the COVID has kind of accelerated the need for a lot of, especially our security-based workflows, people wanting right. to keep their content private and secure. If you're used to sitting next to each other in an office and, and sharing right. a physical hard drive back and forth to have to put a lot of your content online can be yep. scary for some people. So I have to say that we have seen some change. Obviously, um, 
you know, a lot of production is down right now. A lot of the smaller companies are down right now, and that's really, really tough. But there has been a huge boom in people adding, adding, they need more users, they need more storage, they need more security because we yep. facilitate that kind of remote work. So, so we have been incredibly fortunate that, that there is really a need for the kind of work we're doing now. Again, like there's this, out of this whole thing that's going on right now, there's, it's just funny to see the, the splits yeah. that are sort of happening. And obviously everyone's always said, you know, cloud-based computing is the future. We've been saying that for almost 20 years now, yeah. right? Close to 20 years. And, um, you know, AWS is kind of like a, it's like a Google. A new, yeah. Google, Google and Amazon AWS. put their whole, right. They put all their chips in on it, you know? And it's just, it's crazy. And then, you know, I, I follow the stock market a lot and I look at all the technology companies and just anything that is cloud-based storage right now is just, it's, it's hot for investors. So, you know, I, I just wanted to ask that question because, you know, I obviously knew that, you know, you probably cater well to this environment, but just kind of wanted to hear your perspective on it. So that's, that's cool, definitely cool been, uh, it, it's been, it's been really interesting and we've been seeing a lot of um, new workflows come up kind of, kind yeah. of like you were asking about. So we have a pretty standard workflow again, mostly a post-production workflow where you're importing dailies and maybe working with an editor and reviewing your cuts. But um, we're seeing a lot of really interesting education based inquiries yep. come in a lot of really interesting um like film festival or showcase event based inquiries come in things that there was maybe not a lot of need for because you could do these things in person. Um, people are, are kind of finding our platform like, Hey, can we use it for yep. our film festival? Yeah. Can we use it for our classroom? And it's like, yeah, of course we never had to do that before, but now yep. we're actually finding new opportunities, yeah. which is again, very fortunate that the that product team is probably, you know, oh, wow, so many use cases now. <laughs> Let's start thinking about what we're building next. Right? Now, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, at, again, at six months ago, we could have never, never imagined where we would be yep. right now. And the ability to be nimble and the ability to um, just think quickly and say, oh, it seems like we're going this way. Let's let's see where that leads has been has served us really well. Yeah, it's it's good to hear a positive sort of yeah. story. You know, there's a lot of obviously negative news out there and there's a lot of sad stories around businesses right now, but it's great to see a business pivot and like it's it's amazing to see like we never thought someone would use it for this thing, but here you go, you know. It works. And yeah. and yeah, yeah, you've maybe just unlocked this whole new I mean, I, I mentioned the film festival thing. That's a whole new Totally. Again, who would have thought that film festivals couldn't happen yeah. in 2020 and you would need a secure platform to showcase yeah. all of this incredible film work? And yeah. it had crossed our minds before, but there wasn't really a market for it because who needs a digital film festival platform? Yeah. And now it's like a thing. And that's yeah. the Netflix that's really of cool. film festivals. The Netflix right. of film festivals. There you go. <laughs> So we're trying to trying to keep up, trying to kind of roll with the punches, and, right and every day these new kind of like, hey, can I use your platform for this? It's like, sure, <laughs> let's try well, that. Why not? Where do you see the future of your show and podcast kind of moving towards? Um, are you guys already planning that out ahead for possibly? We'll even say like Q one of twenty twenty one. My hope, my vision for our podcast series is that it becomes a content cornerstone for our brand that you have maybe heard of in conversation, or maybe you've heard of shift and you find a lot of value 
in one or the other. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that we are moving in that direction. I think that our audience, we, we like to survey them. We like to talk to them. We like to kind of find out what they're interested in. Overwhelmingly, they've told us they like video content. They want video content. They like to engage with kind of thought leadership-based content. So if we can continue being really intentional and really specific about the videos we're producing, the podcast episodes we're producing, and making sure that they're valuable to our audience. Like, I want this to be our new thing. I want to continue producing these episodes for years and years. I want you to eventually go to our podcast page and see that we have five seasons of this series. And each season talks about a new topic. And we are really building an audience around this content that can then engage with our brand. We're still early days right now. It's been a few months. We're still kind of getting off the ground, but I can see us moving in that direction. And my my hope would be if we talk a year from now that I have two seasons and all these new episodes and it's really a cornerstone of when you think of shift, you think of this type of content that we're creating. So that's my hope. All right. That was a lie. It wasn't the last question. <laughs> Actually, the last question is more of a fun more of a fun question. Um, okay, so what what podcasts are you into right now? Oh boy. Okay. So I know we kind of we touched on this in our interview, and I know we never circled back, so I had to ask. I hope no one judges me for not always listening to like industry marketing. No, no, no. no. It's it's better if we don't talk yeah. about those. Because when I'm in my free time, when I'm going for a run or driving in my car, I like to just listen to whatever makes me happy. I've been really into so there's this huge new trend of the TV show rewatch. Yep. Yep. Podcasts. Big fan of the Office Rewatch podcast. It's called yeah. Office Ladies. Big into the Scrubs Rewatch podcast. It's called uh, Fake Doctors, Real Friends. That's the second and, time we've heard that on this. Oh, they watch an episode every week and they talk about the episode and they go back over. Um, so those two have been keeping me really, really happy. I also am a huge fan of, of true crime-based content. Yeah. I know that kind of had a heyday maybe last year, but I am still very much into... Oh, it's still big. Yeah, yeah. I think it's still one of the... Yeah, I mean, top... Netflix is riding that algorithm pretty hard. Yeah. Like Every new thing that comes out is like some crime True series. Crime. Yeah, documentary. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I know it always... I'm, I'm glad it kind of has a cultural moment because for a while there when when i would say oh my god i've listened to this great new podcast about like some serial killer people would look at me like i was crazy <laughs> and now people are like Not oh alone. yeah me too so <laughs> so when i consume podcasts i i always you know it's on the background when i'm washing dishes or going for a run or going for a drive so it's always pretty light pretty fun based on like content that i already love tv shows that i like movies that i like um actors or influencers that I already follow. I like to kind of listen to them and see what they're up to with a little bit of a uh, true crime thrown in as well. The, the escape cast is what it's starting to there become, right? Yep. Yep. Never heard that, but that is exactly what it is. And it's so funny when you listen to them, they say that really specifically. They're like, we know the world is crazy. Yep. We're here to make you laugh. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to deal with it. We're just going to laugh about our favorite episode of the office. So they're, they're actually being really specific about that. Um, which I appreciate. Where can everybody find you and all things shift? All things shift. So shift.io is our website. Uh, we actually just redesigned and relaunched a brand new website. So definitely go check it out. It's got a lot of great content on there. Across all social platforms, you can find us at made with shift, M-A-D-E-W-I-T-H-S-H-I-F-T, made with shift on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
and all the platforms. And what about the podcast? Shift in conversation. Uh, so actually, if you go to the website right now, I think there's a banner where you can click right on it. The nice. URL is a little bit long, info.shift.io slash in conversation, but it's all over our social pages. It's all over our website. Um, if you follow us anywhere, you, you'll be able to find it. Well, you got the homepage banner. So obviously your marketing team thinks yeah. it's an important piece of content. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that in our show notes for everybody so they can they can check it out. Yeah, it's, it's actually a really, really cool series. Um, obviously, you know, I enjoyed being on it, which was awesome, but the other, all the other speakers that are on it are, are really great. And all the information is, and you'll is really probably good. see, you'll probably see some new changes coming there again. Now that we have more content, awesome. we're going to be organizing it a little bit better. And, and, and if you're a marketer or a producer or whatever your role is, we're going to try to feed you into the right pipeline. So you're seeing the content that's most interesting to you. So, so you'll probably be seeing some, some new stuff pop up there soon. Well, thanks for spending the time with us, Grace. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. It was really a pleasure. It's, it's fun to be uh, on the other side of the table a little bit. Normally I'm the host and it's really fun to be the guest. So thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Thanks to Grace for being our guest and thanks to our team who put this together. If you like what you heard, make sure you rate, subscribe, and tell a friend about the Lights Camera Grow podcast. And for more information, head on over to tobyagency.co. Thanks for listening.